Welcome to The Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of The Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome to the Concierge CPA. I have a two special guests today, Misty Negia and Mary Martinez. And I think I butchered both your names just now. <laughs> I was nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but these two ladies, I'm nervous because uh, I admire them both very greatly. Um, they are amazing content creators, mentors in our space. Uh, Misty and I met several, several years ago when she worked at Intuit and we would just kind of randomly cross paths when I was kind of their, um, their tax planning, uh, you know, person that was in all the articles or whatever. But, um, and then we kind of like reconnected through Mariette, actually, um, Mariette took some training programs from Misty and then recommended them to me. So we can talk a lot more about that today too, but welcome you to Go ahead and fill everyone in a little bit more about you. Miss Mariette, you go first, my lovely. Sure. Girl. Well, first of all, I, I love the full circle, by the way. And <laughs> I love, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get this video later on if you if the ladies give me permission, but if you should see our faces, we're like smiles. We can't like even <laughs> resist. Um, and I think we're all excited and we're all a little nervous too, because when you're in the space of women that you admire and adore and that inspire you, it, it brings the nervous, you know, system up. So we're all where you're at, Jackie. And I think everybody else that has been around us feels that too, which is good. It's a good excitement. So a little bit about me. Um, so Marriott Martinez, for those of you that don't know me, um, I'm going to keep this short because you could just Google my story. My daughter, I have a 17 year old daughter and she heard me saying the story in another podcast. And she's like, do you ever change your story, mom? I was like, excuse me, teenager. No, like well, consistency her. is key. And that's something yeah. I had to learn. Like you have to repeat your message at least six times for it to stick. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, Misty, at first I was like, excuse me. And then I realized, no, I, my daughter's name is Annette Teresa. I said, Annette Teresa, why would I change my story when I always start with the fact that my story comes from my grandmother? So those that, that don't know me, my grandmother immigrated from Mexico with 12 children um, and all 12 of her children became entrepreneurs. And the third youngest, my, my, my mom, her daughter, uh, became an entrepreneur and had restaurants for 30 years. And so that literally was uh, like in my, in my blood, it's in my DNA and it's what I talk about. And it's where my original passion of helping entrepreneurs came from. Um, if you fast forward like 25 years from when I graduated from college, don't do the math. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you go ahead two decades after that, um, I have seen businesses grow. I have seen businesses sadly 
close their doors, including my mother's. And so I have gained an incredible passion to help businesses not close their doors, to become sustainable, to become profitable, and actually really at this point now to become mission and purpose driven, because I believe having a purpose and building from the inside out is really what gets people to get up every day and do the grind of entrepreneurship. So so now I opened a learning center in 2020, uh, right at the heart of uh, a very interesting time for all of us. (laughs) Um, And now two and a half years later, almost. We're in 2023. I now am a full-time educator. And just to pull in the full circle, so Misty has been in my life for over 10 plus years in the Intuit world as well, helping me be an educator and speaker for Intuit. And then three years ago when I opened my practice and I was going to be my own educator and speaker, I'm like, I don't really know how to do that for myself. I only know how to do that for other people. And so magically, she had a cohort to teach public speakers and educators to really find their own voice and unmute our voices. And so I was the first one. I am an OG cohorter. I was in her first cohort. And like Jackie said, I have been an ambassador for Misty and other women um, that inspire us ever since. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Yeah. And you also have run your own accounting firm for a long, long time, right? Oh, yes. So yeah, before in those 20 years, in those 20 years, (laughs) yeah, from 1999, all the way until 2019, I had my accounting career, accounting practice, public and private accounting. And so yeah, so I just threw that. Yeah, let me just throw that in there. I did that too. (laughs) Yeah. So she knows what she's talking about is is what I'm getting at. All right. So how about you? Uh, for me, I actually grew up in a completely poverty-stricken family, uh, so much so that we were homeless and living out of a truck for a while when I was younger. And that really muted my voice. And it took me being shoved. Like my parents said, I was painfully shy. And so it took them shoving me into theater for me to be able to realize, oh, there's a step-by-step strategy of being in front of people. And it helped me really start defining who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. And through that, you know, as soon as I became into my career, of course, I got a theater degree, an acting degree, a directing degree. And then I went into technology because that's what you do with theater degrees, apparently. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so I became the spokesperson globally for my first company that I worked at when I was in my early 20s. And just from that company was offered to go to another startup. I still own a portion of that startup. And I just was kind of snowballing in my career in a great way in the Silicon Valley. But being able to be a spokesperson globally, I was able to figure out how to navigate a career and move up the ladder And I was also being able to represent them. And then I started getting all these people going, hey, I I wish I could do what you do. And I'm just like, you can, you can. And I saw women muting themselves in our conference room. And they would come up to me afterwards and go, I wanted to say this. And I was like, why didn't you? That's freaking brilliant. And the Mm -hmm. only person that was muting themselves was them. Yeah. And so I finally took the leap. And I left into it who I love and they became my very first customers. So they are still incredible to me um, to help other women just really find their pathway, understand the message that they were born to give 
and help them find the most impactful way to show up. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you have corporate training programs that you do, and then you have the theater of public speaking, which is the cohorts that Mariette and I were in um, to help really anyone find their voice and learn stage presence and all the ins and outs of things that you don't think about at all when you're an accountant, right? Uh, so yeah, and you're on, how many of those have you done now? Gosh, um, I've trained over 600 people. Wow. Um, so in the past few years. So awesome. yeah, it's, it's a lot, mostly because it's like, I have my women only cohort and then we have a lot of corporate gigs usually going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like, we'll close one as we're opening another one, as we're about to launch the next one. So it's always overlapping a little bit, but it gives us energy. Like me and my team just constantly sit there and go, how are we so lucky? Like, how are we so lucky watching? And we work with men and women in the corporate environment, but for my lovely women, watching the aha moments and the light bulb moments. We just had a cohort last night and Marriott was like texting me afterwards going, oh my God, the light bulb moments that were happening. That was so cool. It is just what I live for. It's absolutely what I live for. That's awesome. Now this is completely random question, but I was just thinking about a couple of days ago, you know, you're, you're always debating, do I, I'm curious, both of your perspectives on this, you know, what I have to offer, what you have to offer as a trainer is really for anybody, not just females, not males, anybody, but there's that passion kind of around helping elevate the female voice, right? And so how do you decide to make something an offering just for women versus it being for whoever, you know, wants to, how did that come about? This is a debate in my house. Good <laughs> <laughs> question, right? <laughs> My husband, he was the first one that went through my training, mostly because he's my eye of like, hey, you spelled this wrong because I, I suffer from a little bit of dyslexia. And so he's just my go-to on just proofing something. And so he went through the training and he quotes me back to me all the time. It's really funny. He goes, oh, you know why that's funny? It's because this and this and this strategy. I'm like, okay, yes. Thank you for quoting me. <laughs> but he is constantly going, why do you just do women only cohorts? And really, when I help men, and this is no joke, men implement so fast. And even though they may have the imposter syndrome, like when women or feel doubt, they just move through it. Mm. For women, it will stop them. My men get promoted faster than the women all the time. All the time. I see it nonstop. And it's because the leaders are men and they promote and see themselves in the younger men. And so they're projecting what leadership should look like. And it's a big problem still. And so my mission is to help those women and have more of them be able to voice their thoughts, their ideas, their strategy, the numbers, how it can impact the business so we can start having a variety of voices be considered experts at the table. And yes, I think men need it just as equally because I hear their fears as well. And I, they're equivalent, but women still have like five steps to just be seen in that space. And so I just, I have to, I have to help. Yeah. 
No, that's a really, really great perspective. I think just the idea of what you're describing is like just the idea of a woman being in a cohort with another man would make her act differently or not necessarily share as much as she could otherwise. And so that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to add to that too, ladies. So, um, and by the way, we're all ladies, so that feels really good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah. So what I, you know, I actually, um, struggled with this, um, decision on whether I was going to have cohorts with only women as well. And so early in when I started building my, well, really when I started branding around my content, when I was going to have cohorts, I started my cohorts in early 2020, I hired a dear friend of mine, her name's Emily Corsi from Root and River, and I explained to her that I wanted to have a lot of feminine energy in my branding and in my messaging, but I did not want to clearly state that my cohorts were only for women, but I wanted it to be very crystal clear that I have very high feminine energy. So that was my big request. And so, um, because I, I also agree, I, I come from a family of my, my siblings, three men, three women, my mom's her, my aunts and uncles, six women, six men. So we got both feminine and masculine energy happening here. Right. So I'm not trying to, and I love seeing the masculine energy break down or change based on being in a feminine energy, like experience. It's so beautiful actually. So anyway, long story short, what happens is we go through this, what she calls is a brand lab, where she goes really deep with you. And ultimately, my message is that I believe bookkeeping is the most intimate relationship in business. And that's what I teach to my accountants and bookkeepers, the importance of relationship building and really that, you know, wanting to expect a business owner to get like financially naked with you and to be really honest about their health and their shame around money and to have really deep conversations so you can elevate them to that next financial level, like it's very intimate. And so I bring this all together because when I shared it with my husband, who's a Marine, he's like, your message on your website and your message on all your branding is bookkeeping is the most intimate relationship. Like, (laughs) excuse me. How are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, that's exactly what I want people to feel. I want them to be curious, to be intrigued, but also that type of language, it won't sit with some people. And those people, whether they're men or women, they're not for me because I go deep. I I go real. And if you're not ready for that, that's okay. But I just want my messaging to be clear that that's what we do inside of our experiences. So that's been a way for me to not say it's only for women, but I'll be honest. Almost every experience is about 85 to 90% women and 10% male. Like that, like, and I don't choose that. It just happens. Like that just yeah. is happening. Yeah. Well, I think there's also kind of implicit bias in the fact that men are going to tend to pick men to be their trainers in a lot of cases over women. And so there is some bias there as well, but um, that's a whole nother story, right? I yeah. just think like, why don't I have that, that issue that Misty said where I can't like stand up for myself because I'm literally like, can be so abrasive. Like I always got in trouble in my jobs because I was always over speaking or, you know, out speaking about something that I didn't believe in or whatever. And it makes me think back on like, I was raised by a single mom with a sister without a whole lot of masculinity in the house. Right. 
And so maybe I somehow like kind of like am carrying that role in a way of like, I'm not going to be suppressed. Like I saw that happen to them or, you know, it's like this automatic like rejection that I'm constantly doing to try to like change the status quo, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah. good times. <laughs> but, I, but I love that. So when you're starting with a powerful voice, the next thing to learn is how to influence other people's behavior, because sometimes that power can overpower, right? Yeah. And so we're, we're looking at, hey, how can we persuade people to our point of view or our opinion or whatever we're trying to do, especially in the corporate environment that happens a lot of like, hey, you have to fight for your idea and your beliefs in that space and get buy-in. But you don't fight by being aggressive and straightforward and blunt. You fight by understanding the other person's perspective and point of view and how it's going to help them. Mm-hmm. And that is the art of persuasion, where if you go out and you're really forceful about an idea, it puts people in defense mode. Yes. And so having that powerful voice is like key because you have no fear of speaking up. So then it's just fine tuning the approach to it to understand like, how do I use this power for the good? in Mm -hmm. order to drive the impact that I want to do without steamrolling people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was thinking just the other day, I started thinking again, like maybe I should do like a women's only community where we meet once a week and just kind of talk about what's going on in the tax world, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I don't want to leave out the men. I don't know. I think there's something for everyone out there. Right. So, yeah. And And you're not, I think what it is, and I, I just to point what both of you are saying, I don't think you're leaving anyone out. I think that you are always allowed to like put extra energy where you feel it's needed. Like, I, you know, I think Misty's a great example of like, yeah, but women are still five steps behind. And if I don't put that extra energy into women, how are they going to catch up? Right. And like, in my case, you know, even I love what, what Missy was saying about influence. It, when I, when people like they shy away from calling themselves an influencer or, or that they're inspiring or they're impacting. And I always think back or kind of think through, wh- but why, why does that put pressure on you? Like, what do you think you're going to do with that influence? For me, influence is honor. Influence is like a social responsibility. When someone says, oh, you influenced me with that like that puts more responsibility on me on how I'm going to speak. And just to kind of go back to Misty for a moment, when I realized that people were saying, Mariette, like when you speak, like I listen, <laughs> like when you say something, I go do it. Like you help me like take action. What that did for me, to be honest, I'm like, well, I better be saying the right thing then because like I need to make sure I'm very clear on what I'm saying I, I need to like even work on my speaking. So when she get when she had her cohort, I'm like, yeah, teach me how to speak. She's like, I'm like, no, really. Like I always say things like you have to, and that you don't tell people what they have to do. You say, you know, I'd like to offer this to you, or here's a path you can take. Like, you know, and so like you said, Jackie, I grew up with a very non-traditional Mexican family. My mother was the breadwinner. My father stayed home. And so even though I didn't have this very patriarch or or masculine energy, my mother was all the feminine energy. She was all the energy, basically, right? (laughs) She was all the energy. And so I didn't need a man to tell me, like, to, to guide me in how to be masculine versus feminine. I just needed a massive energy, a light to show me, like, you just got to go out there and do it. 
Like it didn't, you know what I'm saying? It just happened to be my mom. And yeah. so, so I, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with you ever feeling connected to doing something only for women or only for women in the tax industry, because that's pulling to you. That's passion. That's where we want to actually, uh, you know, allow our energy to be drawn to those things that are really calling to us. Yeah. I'm hoping if you think about, I'm sorry, Misty, I was going to say, I hope someone's listening right now that is like having the same debate in their head because it probably happens to a lot of us and maybe they'll be able to create something magical with it. Yeah. You never know. Cause one of the biggest ahas for me was when I was teaching a corporate recently, like maybe a year ago. And one of the executives he and I were in our one-on-one. He goes, I just want to say, I noticed that all of your decks are only women images. And I said, yeah. And I was just quiet. And he said, it made me realize that mine are all men and I'm not representing my entire division in my imagery. Yes. And so it doesn't matter if you focus just on one gender or all of them, right? It's a matter of like, how do you want to start shifting behavior so it's a more inclusive space wherever we are at, that you are showing diversity in what you do, that you are showing different body types and images that help people just start seeing others as capable to have those roles. And so whatever it is you're feeling drawn to, like, go all in. If you feel like, yeah. oh, I want to do women, but I don't want to exclude men. Well, there's another way to have more feminine imagery that doesn't exclude males. It just shows women in powerful positions. Yeah, for sure. And using all the quotes by women, because if you look up the top speakers, majority men. Majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I really highly suggest our women like, hey, use female pictures use quotes from women so we can go, oh yeah, there are a lot of badass women out here. (laughs) And so you can identify with them too. Like we, it's hard for us to identify like, like for me, it's so hard when I'm trying to find a woman, a female Latina, you know, to quote, like that is difficult just so you know. Okay. And there's times when I am determined because I'm doing, let's say a session for the national Latina organization or some other Latina or Latino based organization or Hispanic organization. And so of course, just like Misty said, and I've learned from her, like, it's okay to like, okay, so that whole presentation is going to be empowering that community. Like I want to empower that community. I want them to feel connected with the pictures. How am I going to put like a non-Latino picture in a latino based presentation like they're just going to be like okay those that's not me i and by the way and i've learned this from misty and other people in my community that have taught me like you can literally have someone completely disconnect from your content because they just don't identify with who you're who they're seeing they're looking at that person they're like Marriott must not be speaking to me because I would never do that or I would never look like that or you know so so i think that's really important that the more we do go and research and try to bring those people out and put them in our, in the spotlight through our own content, right, Jackie, on our websites, on our social media, in our presentations, like we are, we are actually bringing in the energy of the people that we eventually do want to draw in anyway, without having to say only women, only Latina, like we don't have to say that anymore because they're going to be drawn in by the images and the things that we share. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, Mariette, you are like 
such an encourager and like one of the strongest encouragers I know. And you're very loud about it. Where do you, where does that come from? Uh, Being Latina, you can't not be loud. Remember, I told you I have a big family, meaning imagine how many cousins I have with 12 aunts and uncles and each one have a minimum of eight children. I have a few aunts and uncles that have between 12 to 14 kids. Those are first cousins. And all of our first cousins, we got a little bit more conservative. So we all have between four to six kids. That's second generation. And now the third generation, like, you know, they're young, so they don't have kids yet. But basically, we have to be loud to be heard. Like, that's... Gotcha. Okay, but hold on, hold on. I believe also what Jackie is saying is that you have a gift of shining a light on others. Because she says you're an encourager. So it's not just about volume of voice. It's where you're using that voice. And you are such a magical human being of just uplifting others. And I know you're not going to absorb this because you'll immediately just shine the light on somebody else. (laughs) But you are. You are an absolute beacon of, hey, this is my mentor. Here's what they're doing. Oh my God, look at this person. It is an incredible the character trait that is just unmatched, my dear. Thank you, ladies. And I will say what where it comes from, because people are like, where does it come from? I always, I, I, I just have this belief in me and I'll get even sense of thinking about it. I just know there's people that need to hear it, that don't have that person like cheering them on. Like, and, and, and again, that's why I get sad about it because it's imagining like you not having your own cheerleader, like you not having someone that believes in you, like, I, I can't even imagine living without someone that believes in me. And so, so that's why I do it. Cause I, I ho- hopefully someone that was just having a really hard day and all they've been hearing is bad talk in their head or even sadly by others, even in their household, right? Maybe they turn tune me in somehow and they heard something or saw something and they were like, there are still good people out there that love me and want me to win, you know? So that's why I do it. That's awesome. That is so cool. Now, speaking of, you know, trying to find those women of influence or whatnot, who is like a favorite speaker that comes to mind of y'all's outside of, of each other? <laughs> um, I know that's like, a hard one. I'm like, oh, we got so many. Yeah. I <laughs> Like, who are you like? Wow. I love the way they talk. I, I, I identify with everything they say. I just would just listen to them all day kind of thing. Oh, I have so many. I mean, Oprah is an easy one for probably everybody. I love Amanda Gorham. I think she, before she even was recognized as the poet laureate, right, for inauguration, I was watching her speeches and she is a poet, but she is such a beautiful storyteller and crafter of presentation. Mm -hmm. She has an amazing story about her auditioning for Lion King. And her mother's advice to her was, hey, go in there and tell them that you already got your period. So you're going to stay this small. You're not going to grow anymore. So you can play Nala for a really long time. (laughs) And so so her audition was going horribly. So guess what she told them? (laughs) Like I was dying when she was telling this story in a speech. And so I just love that she brings humor and wisdom and wit and just brilliance to anything she does. And then Mel Robbins is also, I think, just someone that's Mm. constantly, much like Mariette, just shining a light on people and a path towards believing in yourself. And so I tend to go more in the motivational um, realms. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was looking back because I have so many books and I have so many women, but I also have men. So like sometimes I'm like, maybe I should, maybe I should do my books on women and men. I, I, you know what would be really interesting if you guys see this video? If I separate my books between women and men, will the colors change? That just I was just thinking mm, about that. Yeah. Would the colors change? So so in my household, we had a lot of music and we did a lot of movies. And I know Misty knows, like literally at Christmas, we actually create movies. We all have like an hour and we have to make a movie and then we have another hour to edit a movie. And then that's what we do on Christmas. We watch each other's oh, movies wow. and sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're silly. Sometimes they're based on a story like the Grinch is still Christmas. And so we're literally stealing the Christmas tree in our movies. It's really funny. So I bring all this together because we have a lot of that in our family. And so for me, I identified a lot with with musicians um, or with actresses or with artists. So Frida Kahlo was big in our house. My mom's an artist. And so um, and so like just the story behind her and the empowerment behind her um, or around her. Uh, Linda Ronstant, she's a, a beautiful singer and uh, she sings a lot of Spanish music. And so we would have that like loud in our house and my mom would just have the music playing. So I started reading actually a little bit later in years, probably junior high and high school, I started reading. But really when I want to just like get into an energy of like feminine power, it's usually looking at art um, or listening to music. That's usually, uh, Bette Midler is another favorite, by the way, just because I think every one of her movies is just like, oh, so yeah, I'm more of an actress singer kind of girl. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the only other one that comes, I mean, I, I adore Oprah. I mean, I'm obsessed with Oprah. I remember seeing her at Quip Let's Connect and being like, mm. and I'm not like a fanatic for celebrities, you know? Yeah. Um, but also I think Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Brene. Oh my God. Like, I have a lot of her behind me. One word and like turn it into this huge talk and make it so emotional and so charged. And it's pretty amazing. And also, like, I can't get enough of her y'alls. <laughs> she is I didn't even notice it because I do that too. <laughs> she is so tangible as a speaker. And she is somebody that I really, especially for professionals, I recommend a lot because she has such heightened information, but she delivers it in tangible language. Mm, and I think yeah. you can learn a lot from that because she just is like your best friend telling you versus I am this research specialist who has studied this. Let me tell you the background of my research. And a lot of times we're not thinking about that as executives or CEOs or leaders about how tangible it is. A lot of people are going in to prove themselves to something versus like, let's get everybody on board with us. Like, let's bring everybody along. And so I, yeah. and I will say, I love that about her books, Misty. So one of uh, my favorite books, I actually took it Atlas, uh, Atlas to the Atlas heart. The heart. Atlas to the heart. Yeah. yeah. So I took it on a, a recent trip that I went to, um, on a getaway and uh, my husband always is like, why do you take books? Because usually I don't read them. I just have them there to like, be like, Oh, I'm reading. And I'm like, not reading. I just want to be, <laughs> I just want to be in the energy of the book. I know it's really silly guys. I do silly things. So, I mean, that book is massive if you've ever seen it. It's like five pounds. I actually had to take it out twice out of my suitcase because it was so heavy. And wow. so, but the whole point is what I love about her books is exactly what Misty said, where it's very plain. She does a lot of like pages that are just like a word or a quote. But then at the end, for us super nerds, she has all of her research. 
which is so fascinating because you can go back and read like 30, 40 pages of her research. She quotes all her research. She references everything. And so for me, that's like the best of all worlds, like beautiful images and quotes and plain language. And then, okay, let me go nerd out at the end. (laughs) So I love that about her book. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Okay. So we are already like gotten through a lot of time here, but I want to make sure that we focus on one particular topic that I know y'all are really good at, which is content creation. Oh yeah. So we were all at Appy Camp together, which I think I've mentioned in almost half of my podcast episodes. <laughs> such an awesome experience. Um, and it was really just kind of bringing together um, educators and creators, and we stay in touch on WhatsApp on on the daily, mostly thanks to Mariette, of course. But <laughs> um, you know, talking about our new ideas and stuff like that. So let's talk about content creation. If an accountant or business owner or anyone that's listening to this is like, man, I want to get into that. Like, I'd love to offer a course. I feel like I really am passionate about this idea. What, what works in the content creation space and what doesn't? Like, have you had something that was so successful? You're like, oh, everyone should try this. Or have you had something that's totally bombed and you're like, just don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I guess I can start. So just because Misty has helped me a lot around this and other other creators out there, um, I will say that everything we've covered up to this uh, part, if this comes towards the end of this podcast, I think perfectly aligns with an idea of being a creator and a content creator, because we've been talking a lot about who we're connected with. We've been talking a lot about um, whether we should go with something that's getting pulled to us. And I think we brought a lot about women and feminine energy in here. And I think when it comes to content creator and be in content creation, it really now with chat GPT and all the other AI that people are kind of getting nervous about, it has to come from the inside. Like it has to be real. It has to come from like a, like a deeper sense of, of what you want to share with the world, because if not, it's going to get lost in all the other noise. Um, and so like, first, what is it that you want to say is like so important. Who do you want to say it to? Obviously, super important. And then also just be brave on how you want to get that voice out to the world. Again, I mean, if you want to go a hardcore brave, connect with Misty, right? Speak about it on stage. If you feel connected to writing, it's okay if there's robots that write too, but they don't write like you, like they don't write from your voice. So just get it out there in the way that you want. Um, and so I just feel like that that's really for me, content creation is like, what it, what is it that you really want to pull into you, the energy, the people, the messages? Because when you share it out there, by the way, you're going to attract all of that. You're going to attract what you go ahead and share. So make sure you know, you're not just like sharing like, like a guessing game. Like, I'll just throw it out there and see what happens. No, no, no. Make sure you're very clear on your message, right? Clear on who you're going to be bringing in with your message and then do it in whatever way you want. So like in my case, those that, that follow me, follow that Marriott Martinez from Master Books. I am famous at, I call it, you know, face to phone. I don't care. I don't get all dolled up. Okay, ladies and gentlemen watching. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. Hopefully you're not looking at me to look like a Barbie because I usually don't look like that. Okay. I'm in the car. I'm at my kids' soccer games. Maybe I just had a big cry because I got inspired by being in a cohort with, with women or with empowered humans. And I go and I share and I say, this just happened. 
This just happened at Appy Camp. This just happened at a summit I was in. That's how I share. I don't rehearse, by the way, unless I'm going to, you know, be on stage, of course. This is like, Excuse me. So that's that's kind of my point in content creation. I, I'm as real as they get. But when I have to share a very, very clear message on stage, you bet I'm going to rehearse and make sure that I am ready to go out there and spread that content and that message. So So when you first started releasing these random videos where you have no makeup on, et cetera, and, you know, very humbling experience, did one in particular catch on that you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this like caught on so well well for people? No, most of the comments I get. Just so you know, everyone that's listening, the highest comments that I get, hundreds of comments, maybe I don't go back and count them because I also think that's something you don't do is count every like and count every comment because you're not going to post ever again if you do that, okay? Oh, yeah. You're going to be totally intimidated. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time when people actually privately DM me, which is really what's happened, it's Mm -hmm. from those particular posts. They don't private DM those beautiful little graphics that I do that, oh my God, I got a new thing coming up. No, they don't really do that. They private DM the message that I'm here in my car. I had a hard day. This is the life of a mompreneur. Those are the private DMs that I get. Yeah, that's awesome. For me on content creation, I think that, you know, I've been head of multiple divisions at multiple companies developing their entire education program from the first person when they first meet us and what that experience should look like to retention and expansion. And so we actually just finished editing our training on that, that we have, um, that I'm super excited about. But to me, I think a lot of people focus on that new human that is coming in, right? Like, how can I attract that new human versus how can I help the people that are on the middle stage of this journey right now? How can I help them grow and expand? And we're always like, getting more likes, getting more followers, getting more people into the program versus, hey, let's let's develop these humans that we already have. And so when we outline our education program, we actually outline people where they are in their journey based on the seven steps in a, in a client journey mm-hmm. and figure out the content that they need to succeed. When I was at T-Sheets, the beginner person didn't even have a client yet. So they don't need T-Sheets yet. So what do we need to teach them in order to get those clients? So then eventually they can use us. And so it's a lot of give sometimes that isn't like directly going to hit your bottom line. And Mm -hmm. so, but then that middle person has clients and they like have different challenges of how do I get more employees? How do I expand? And so if you look at what you're trying to teach and where your clients is and what their problems are in that moment in their life what content and what experts can you bring in to help them achieve so they can grow? And then for your software, for instance, Jackie, they can expand on your software. And so there's a lot of different strategy from that. Have we failed? Epically, (laughs) epically. We did, we decided to do this nonprofit like campaign. We're like, all right, we're going to train nonprofits. We're going to show them how to do the X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to have some sort of like drawing that we're going to donate four grand to their choice of their nonprofit customer. And we just like, my team was all for it. They got the yeah. entire company behind them. <laughs> and I was like, you go, you do it. It epically failed. I think we have four nonprofits. <laughs> 
And it was a big initiative for us, right? Yeah. I knew my employee felt defeated, like completely. It wasn't just a failure that only she knew about. It was a failure that the entire company was witness to. And so when I spoke to her, I said, all right, what worked? And she said, well, me getting everybody behind me, that really worked, like influencing this, like that all works. <laughs> I go, where are opportunities to adjust next? And so she wrote a big document about what she would have changed and what she would have done differently. We then applied that to the next program. And in one week, we trained 4,000 people. Oh so God. to me, failures are additional information that you're gathering in order to do it better next time. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so what? Yes, it's embarrassing in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. That's interesting that you mentioned that because that's literally the focus of um, our content right now with Tax Plan IQ and the software is I thought, oh, all these people that are already doing tax planning are just going to be like, oh, here's a new software that I never had and I'm just going to grab it and plug it in and run. No, not so much. If they're already doing tax planning, they already have their own processes and procedures and they don't necessarily want to look at a different way of doing it. And so we're now actually going through an entire customer's journey from not knowing anything about tax planning, how to add it into your business as an advisory service. I know you don't like that word. (laughs) uh, (laughs) And then, you know, how to learn the technicals. So it's a lot of work, right? Because you're, you're, you're teaching someone how to go from accountant to advisor, but it is really rewarding. It's cool to like see that journey for somebody and be a part of that. So it's really And I love that you have the expertise of not only doing this for your own practice, but training others Mm -hmm. on how to succeed and other firms on how to succeed in this area. So it's like you have gathered enough data to have the template for success. And so those are the type of people you want to go to of like, okay, how long have you been doing this? How long have you proofed out this and done all the failures so I can skip those ones and make my own? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Learn That's from the best. Sure. Yeah. Now, I know we've talked about a lot of different things. Is there a particular, like, gosh, I mean, the way that y'all are raised, I think everyone has, you know, these really personal stories that we don't get to share in our day to day. So I appreciate y'all bringing those to the table. Um, I know that there's a lot of challenges in all of our day-to-day lives. I know today in particular was a tough day for y'all. You had a a friend of yours in our community that was lost, right? Yes. Um, But Maria, you brought such like a positive perspective to it, as you always do. Um, And I thought it would be neat for our listeners to kind of hear what you were saying about um, like the good that comes about from those things. Yeah. So, okay. I will try to do this and then we'll decide whether we want to keep it in the podcast or not. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest to everyone that's watching and listening um, or just listening. So yeah, I did. I personally had a, a a very, uh, a very big, a lot. Well, and I don't even like to use the word loss. I think language is so important, but a, a, a woman that is very dear to me has passed on to her next 
life, her next journey. And I was sharing with, with, uh, with Misty and Jackie out of respect. I was sharing that I may be in a different place today when, when we talk, but I also felt like I needed to show up and honor her and honor what I really, truly believe she would have done because this woman, um, and eventually I will share who she is, um, because she was a she's a powerhouse in the Intuit community and in the pro advisor community. But ultimately, I wanted to honor her her energy. And I was also sharing with the ladies that I've had other losses in the family. My father, um, he passed when we were young and other family members. And so what I was sharing was that um, when I speak to people about people you know, going through situations like this, there's times when they really struggle with this. Um, and I always kind of sit back and say, you know, why do I, am I able to actually take these moments a little differently? And what I realize is that when I am with someone, like great example is being with Jackie and Misty. Like, even though I knew I was maybe not going to be exactly how Marietta is and the energy that I come in, I still wanted to be here with you ladies. And I wanted to be with everyone that listens to this podcast. Like I'm very big in believing that like, like life is going to happen outside of this podcast before and after, but right now I'm present with you ladies and I'm present with whoever's listening to this podcast. And, and I think that is truly the magic or the secret sauce, if it's a secret or not, why I don't feel like, like remorse or too much sadness, or I missed out when someone moves on to the next life, because I truly believe and hope that when they were here, I was with them as much as possible. I was as present as I could be, and that I was able to also like transfer my energy to them and have them transfer their energy back to me. And so when they're gone, I actually am happy for them to be honest, because I do believe they're in a different place and in a better place. But I know that other people struggle with that. And personally, in my own siblings and my family, I have a sibling that struggles a lot with the loss of our father. And I think it's because he didn't have that presence with him. He didn't feel that connection. And I feel like it's it's missing in him, which is very sad. And that's why I said, I don't know, if, you know, if y'all want to hear that, but when you don't feel present with someone and don't, when you don't allow yourself to have that closure, that connection, you literally have something missing and you actually take that missing piece for the rest of your life. And, and I try my very best to not, to not let that happen to me with, with anyone, whether it's a stranger walking down the street and I just smile, my daughter's like, why do you smile? And they had everyone. And I'm like, because maybe that person needed just that, just that smile, that high. And I definitely do my very best um, to not allow to have missing pieces with people that I love. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good reminder to kind of evaluate, evaluate the relationships in your life and think about someone that may have been neglected for one reason or another and connect with them now. Yes. You never know. Right. But that's really great advice. It always amazes me that when somebody close to you passes, all of a sudden we have this like hyper focus about how important people are in our lives. And it causes us to reach out and, and be present and just remember to go, oh, I need to call my mom to say I love you or I need to do this and make sure that they know that I love them. And what I think both Marriott and I do intentionally is we tell people all the time we love them, like everybody, because you don't know when that is. And so it's just a matter of going, I'm not just going to take this one moment of this passing 
and make sure that I'm good now, but how do you extend that for your lifetime to be present and make it super awkward by going, Jackie, I love you. I think you're amazing because <laughs> we do. Um, but I, it's, it becomes a, a life mission, especially when you have like a father pass at a really young age. I had a niece that committed suicide by a gun and it shifted my entire life. I was already like somebody who just loved on people anyway, because I knew what it yeah. felt like to not be seen, but that just amplified it tenfold because I was just like never once. And I told her I loved her all the time. So she, she knew. Oh, but that's good. Yeah. Important for sure. Love, love is so important. I, um, I actually, actually, I, one of the first speeches that I did after my cohort with you, Misty was about love leadership. And I just thought that was so crazy that like, I was talking about love and the business world and all this jazz and inspiring, um, you know, y'all definitely, um, give off that love a lot. So, uh, it, it's out there for sure. All right, ladies, um, we have to wrap up, but you have to promise to come back because I have like a billion more questions for you. <laughs> and what's the best way for people to reach out to you after this if they'd like to get in touch? Miss Mariette, go for it. Uh, masteryourbooks.com, super easy. Um, and yeah, and I'm pretty much everywhere on social with and without makeup. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I am Misty Mejia everywhere or theater of public speaking and I am on social with makeup you don't want to see this face without it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. yeah right. okay yeah no oh I gotta give my tips like I have a zoom filter and then I have a UCAM app that puts another filter on you I actually have extension eyelashes on but it'll put lashes on you on the zoom filter all my secrets y'all on how to look good <laughs> on camera I've never given them out before. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> you, got, you got to do a reel just on your secrets I know, and I will share I those know. out to the it's world. Like so ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for being on today. It is such a blessing um, to have you both in my life. And I hope that we continue to, to grow our relationships together. Thank you. Love thank you. you so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. listening to the concierge CPA hosted by tax plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.